At the Cryptid Keeper podcast, we love to laugh at the darkness, but we would never laugh at the rich cultures that explore it, or the unique cultural significance of the creatures explored. The jokes within are on no one but us. We encourage additional research on the subjects covered here, and hope that a comedy podcast is not your primary source of information. Welcome to the Cryptid Keeper Podcast, the podcast for cryptids and their keepers. That's us, and if you're listening, it's you too. I'm Alex Flanagan. And I'm Addison Peacock. And today we really do have very many of you on the show, uh, which is always quite exciting. This is one of those rare occasions where we bring back uh, in spirit, if not in physicality, the concept of the guest episode by having... A, a, a veritable feast of experiential listening. Uh, I don't even know what I was going to say with that. Finger foods. My brain is completely fried, which is why we're doing a listener stories episode today. I um, Finger foods. I opened up my day job inbox this morning and I had like 130 emails. <laughs> so, so I messaged Addison and I said, hey, I know it's my week, but could we maybe possibly do me a personal favor and pull out that old chestnut, the listener stories episode, which is what we're doing. It's not yeah. really a special occasion other than, again, Alex's brain is fried and could not handle any research. So um, that's fine. That's we're, we're going to have to be OK with that. <laughs> we're going to have to uh, on this this free podcast that no one is forced to listen. to. Yeah, that's I fair. hope you'll find it in your hearts to forgive the transgression of <laughs> doing an episode style that we have already done several of. And I just said already really weird. And I don't know why my mouth oh, yeah, around the world. Already. <laughs> Already. I also, I also, during your intro, spilled sparkling water on myself. Oh, so. no. My parents, I'm staying with my parents right now. They have a soda stream. Uh, I know, fancy. Um, and so I have been making bespoke LaCroix, so as it were. It's actually only a LaCroix if it comes from the sparkling region of... <laughs> That's not even oh, on it's that only joke LaCroix works. if it comes from the LaCroix reason, region of, of France, I was going to say, I didn't even do that meme right. So that's it's okay. That's an indication of where I'm at today. Um, I am very excited. I love listener story episodes. And I yeah. have noticed over the past couple months that since our last listener story episode, we've gotten quite the influx of submissions. So Oh, yeah, we got several. Yeah, so just straight <laughs> out the gate, I want to remind everybody that you are more than welcome to submit your stories at literally any time. Uh, you don't have to wait for us to put out a call or anything. We're always gladly accepting them. The best place to send them is directly to our email inbox at cryptkeeppod at gmail.com. C-R-Y-P-T-K-E-E-P-P-O-D at gmail.com. You can send them to our Twitter inbox, but uh, there's much less likelihood that they will get recalled and used in that way. Uh, the inbox is the mm -hmm. best because we can sort them and file them and make sure that they get at, to the right place and that we don't repeat stories and that we make sure we get through all the ones that we have. So that's the best way to um, hear us butcher your personal experiences on air. <laughs> yeah, I will say Twitter messages get lost sometimes. Some of them will get filtered and some of them don't. And I don't know why. 
and I uh, don't get notifications for ones that get stuck in the filter, even though there's never usually, I can't figure out yeah. any discernible difference between the ones that do and don't. And we have no way of like archiving them or sorting them once they yeah, that's do also come typical. in. Whereas with our inbox, you know, we have a, a special Lister Stories folder. We can store them and sort them as soon as they come in. Um, Google's actually gotten pretty good at sometimes like assuming already which ones that come in are supposed to go in that file. And that freaks me out a little bit. But on that note, I also wanted to give a big shout out to everybody involved because I think I must have commented in our last episode how much I love reading the subject lines of fan emails that we get <laughs> because there have been some real humdingers. There was a real, some real, real shining stars. I love them. It's been amazing. In our sky. I get a lot of delight out of reading the subject lines of these things. So keep mm-hmm. on shining, you beautiful diamonds. Oh, I know you can't see me right now, so there's no reason for me to out myself like this, but I'm currently sitting here just sniffing my own fingers because I just cut up a what? lime to make my sparkling water, oh. and I just, my fingers smell like limes. That's great. I love limes. I love that for you. <laughs> They're less good at treating scurvy than lemons are, though, so if you're a pirate or might have scurvy, do go for lemons. Limes have less vitamin C. Hey, you know what's wild? Why? Criminal what? is a derivative of the word crime. Liminal is not a derivative of the word lime. What is it a derivative of? I mean, I don't, I don't actually know. <laughs> limit, I guess. Like the, I'm sure that the, the root uh. words are from you know limit or limited because a liminal space is one which exists outside of the places it is. You know. I mean, connecting. yeah, I think I would be a lot more disturbed if liminal was a derivative of the word lime because I would wonder what the connection between the meaning of liminal space and right. But the like, imagine a world in which the word liminal does not mean what it means and instead means tasting like lime or bearing the characteristics of the lime fruit. Mmm, I love my liminal sparkling water. Uh huh. A sprite would be a liminal soda. Oh God. Okay. Um. Shall we? I. I have given myself the first of our listener stories for today. Then please, by all means, cut me off. Save me from may myself. I, may I do that? <laughs> may I? May I take your hand and pull you from this chasm? I wish you would. <laughs> Come with me, and you'll be in a world of <laughs> listener cryptid sightings. So this comes uh, to us from Max. And I'm just gonna go right in because I like the subject lines, but sometimes I don't want to. I don't want to spoil. I don't want to spoil it. So I'm That's just fair. gonna go right in. All right. So I really didn't know what it was. I may have seen until I heard your Will o' the Wisp episode. So there's. There we go. I have no idea if you're still taking <laughs> stories for a future listener stories episode. We were and we are. But either way, I'm sure you guys would like what I saw. We probably will. I live surrounded by a ravine. My house is on a bit of developed plateau in the middle of it. There's been unexplained screeches and clawing on my house for years, which is, I love the way people bury the lead on listener stories like this. They're like, uh, Max here, he's like, I'm not even writing to tell you about that. I'm writing to tell you about this other thing. But just so you know, there's like this other stuff, that also, weird stuff that happens. Max, my guy, you sound <laughs> like the protagonist of a 2005 Cartoon Network after school special. You live, in Actually, a ho- you live in a house on a plateau in the middle of a ravine where things like screech and claw at your door. Um, I'm actually, sorry, Alex, but this is tremendous. I think you spe- specifically mean that Max sounds like the protagonist of Courage the Cowardly Dog. <laughs> Max is confirmed. Courage the Cowardly Dog. Yes, the protagonist um, of Courage the Cowardly Dog. I'm no stranger to something strange dwelling down there. There's also a ghost dog and a ghost horse. At the farm where I work. None of this stuff has ever really scared me. Again, this is not what the email is about. (laughs) I was going to say, and I assume we'll never hear about any of that again. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's I love it so much. Our listeners are masters of burying the lead and I live for it. A couple summers ago, I was playing a very engaging round of Overwatch. It was really late and it was already dark. It was probably late June or early July as there were still a lot of fireflies. My dad is a weird dude and just sits outside with the fireflies pretty often. He just likes them and I don't blame him. That's nice. Is your father Owl City? (laughs) Perhaps. Anyway, I was playing an online game, the kind where if you leave a match early and totally screw your team over, your account is penalized. So when my dad kept yelling at me... I'm sorry. I I do appreciate the clarification, but I like that Max specifically says that he was playing Overwatch and then goes on to explain, it's an online gaming experience. You may have heard of it. (laughs) To be fair, I know very little about Overwatch. No, that's fair. I I appreciate it. I know it is a game and that it exists. I don't want anyone to tell me about Overwatch. I don't, like, if I want to learn, I will. But anyway. um, So you're on thin ice here, Max. (laughs) No, (laughs) that's not what I meant. So, so... Not wanting to interrupt the game, that's important of part of the story. So when my dad kept yelling at me, I was inclined to ignore it. He usually has something weird to say this time of night. <laughs> Sorry, I just, I love this so much. Dad okay. gets like this. He goes out and he says with the fireflies and he gets all sorts of crazy ideas in his head. Um, he kept yelling for me. As I kept saying, I was busy and only to bother me if it was an emergency. I was younger and, <laughs> I was younger and kind of a butt. But I was very interested in the game. I censored there. They they used the other word. He used the other word for butt, but it's it's fine. Um, then he told me he needed me to come outside ASAP. He said there were drones spying on us and he wanted me to see them. Like I said, he's weird. I figured he was mistaken. Why would anyone fly drones to our house in the dark? Anyway, I finally took the L and quit my game. Whatever was out there was really bothering him. So I went outside and sat on the back of the truck with him. I waited for about 20 minutes. He kept insisting there were drones in the woods and I didn't buy it. The trees are dense. Surely they'd crash. And then I saw them. About four soft orange fireballs dancing around in the woods. They must have been large, but from where I was, they seemed to be a little bigger than maybe a basketball. My dad jumped with delight. He was so glad they finally came back and he didn't seem completely insane. They did not fly like drones. They danced around in figure eights and swished between trees so lightly and quickly. It was surreal and left me with a strange mix of wonderment and terror at the same time. You would not believe your eyes. They appeared once more, then they were done for the night. I had enough bug bites anyway. My dad and I went inside and tried to watch TV, but he kept getting up and staring out the window. He's not a big believer in anything supernatural. I've tried to make him one, but he never will be. But that night, he stood at the window for another hour or so, just fixated. Eventually, he spoke. All he said was, I don't think those were drones. If you ask him now, he'll deny saying that. But he was frightened, as he'd finally seen something he couldn't rationalize. Couldn't totally rationalize. I had nightmares about them hovering outside my bedroom window for weeks afterwards. But the dreams felt so real, maybe they'd come back. Feel free to shorten this as needed. I did not. And thanks for hearing my <laughs> weird story. Stay safe out there. That that's like, so cool. That's really cool. That's like orbs, will-o'-wisps, uh, foxfire, whatever you want to call it. That's that's awesome. <laughs> it's very cool. Also, Max, I apologize. I feel like I was weirdly confrontational to you during the course of your story, and I didn't mean to. You seem like a real champ, and I appreciate your very awesome listener submission. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing. Like, I don't know that we've gotten too many stories along the, like, kind of floating lights, will the wisp kind of creepy ghost lights. No, I yeah. think that's like the first one. So Alex, I will pass the torch on to you, uh, Thank you. for you to do our, our second story of the day.
This one I'm very excited about because this is one that I remember seeing the subject line of and I think reading aloud <laughs> yeah, please, to Andrew because please. it was just delightful to me. <laughs> please uh, share the com- subject line. <laughs> yeah. So this one, as I'm looking here on the document, <clears throat> there's a hotel ghost in my doll. <laughs> By the way, Alex, did you open this email? Uh, I don't know. I, I might have. I just remember like seeing when it came in. Did you see the picture of the doll that Sam included with his email? Oh, I don't think I did. Well, I have attached it in this document and you will see it underneath your story. I want oh, you to thank read goodness. it. I want I you to wait. read it. And then I want you to scroll down to the picture. Oh, I can't wait to get there. This is wonderful. A guided reading experience. <laughs> Delightful. <clears throat> Sorry. Hi, I'm Sam. My pronouns are he, him, and I'm a big fan of the podcast. I have quite a few spooky stories, but most of them involve very traumatic things, so I'll stick with a more lighthearted one for now. Thanks, Sam. It was a little after Christmas last year. My friend was having a little Christmas party at a Best Western with her family, and she invited me and one other friend. Remember parties? Oh, God, (laughs) I do. Do you remember parties? Do you remember Christmas? It was fun. We exchanged gifts and just talked for a while. Now I, being the idiot that I am, decided to start goofing around with a little white pom-pom ball my friend's sister had hung from the bathroom door. I was just joking around at first. Things like, if something's here, move the ball. And would any spirits present please give us a sign? You know, just just shenanigans. Just goofy stuff. Uh, I genuinely didn't think anything would come of it. But that's my mistake, considering our friend group's past experience with more supernatural things. So, just to check, Sam. (laughs) Not only was this just a totally out-of-the-blue sort of seance invocation, but it was one that you specifically gave knowing full well that you and your pals are inclined to attract adverse spiritual reactions. Listen, Alex, some people are bold, some people are boring. Sam chooses to be bold. (laughs) I respect it. I respect it. I believe I just asked something like, are you here? The first time the ball moved. It wasn't much, it just shifted a bit, but that got us all interested in seeing if it was actually there. We asked a few more questions. I don't remember all of them specifically. I have a really bad memory. But they were all just basic ghostly questions. (laughs) Stop! (laughs) Every time we wanted to ask something, I would steal the ball and make sure it wasn't moving on its own. The vent was never blowing any air during these times either. I'd ask questions and ask it to move the ball in a specific direction or to steal the ball if it was already moving. Almost every time it would do as I asked. My friends also tried asking questions, but for some reason it only seemed to respond to me. At one point, I asked something along the lines of, are you bad? And the ball followed the directions I gave. No! My friends kind of freaked out, but for some reason, I just didn't believe it. <laughs> the spirit or whatever it was seemed nice enough. I'm sorry. Sam? Buddy? I'm worried about you, Sam. Sam, let me give you a little bit of free life advice. With ghosts and with people, if they tell you they're bad... Don't make them prove it. As Maya Angelou once said, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. Yeah. But hey, I mean, the ghost that had communicated solely via pom-pom ball seemed nice enough. I just got a really great vibe. (laughs) I'm editorializing. Sam says, that's not all to the story, though. At one point, my friend's dad came into the room and it got really weird. He was in the room talking to us and he wanted to get a better look at the gift one of my friends had given me. So I got it out. 
As soon as I pulled the gift out, the lights that had been wrapped around the bed that had not moved in any way all night just randomly fell down and unplugged. Even my friend's dad found this weird and made a joke about the spirit in my gift. I guess I should mention that my gift was a creepy old doll. (laughs) I'll attach an image of it at the end of this. I know my friend's dad was joking, but with the lights falling when I got the doll out and the fact that the spirit would no longer respond to us through the ball afterwards really makes me believe the spirit went into the doll. Oh my god. (laughs) One more thing I should mention. I generally have a more spiritual connection to things than I think most people do, and I tend to get things that pop into my head in certain situations and environments. In this specific situation, the name Jeffrey kept appearing in my head. I think that may be the spirit's name. I've actually started calling the doll Jeffrey now because of this. I haven't had any more experiences with Jeffrey since the hotel, but I do believe he's in the doll, and maybe he's just happy to have a home on my doll shelf. (laughs) My friends and I have done some research into the Best Western we were at, and there was one drowning death years ago, but that doesn't seem to be connected to Jeffrey. Oh my god. I hope y'all enjoyed my little experience, and hopefully I'll be featured on a Listener Stories episode one day. Well, hey, Sam, I got better news news. for you than Jeffrey the Haunted Hotel doll. Hey, Alex, would you like to scroll down and look at Jeffrey the Haunted Hotel doll? I'm really excited. (laughs) Anyway, Sam says, I love y'all on your podcast, and I hope you're doing well. Here's the doll included. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I don't care for Jeffrey. Perhaps that will be my undoing. But I don't care for Jeffrey. (laughs) Which part do you not like? Do you not like the wide, vacant eyes or the... uh... The bell-sleeved blouse or the tasteful sash. Yeah, it's sort of um, the eyes that give me the impression that this doll is a Dickensian protagonist. <laughs> oh. It's, mm. Oh, my. I, yeah, it's got these, like, sort of wide, ragged Victorian boy eyes. <laughs> and the the lips are only as wide as the nose. <laughs> Sorry. And those two factors together really are just quite uncomfortable. It looks like um it looks like a, a monster factory video about five minutes in. It's uh it's pretty good. Before they've had the chance to really mess it up, but enough that it's uncomfy and you can see where it's going. I uh I'm sorry, Alex, but I'm so glad you hadn't seen the picture yet. I yeah. saw it, I saw it and I <laughs> I, too, am glad I only have to look at this once. I saw it in the email when I was going through them, and I couldn't. I lost my mind. (laughs) Sam, that's a very creepy doll. Even if this doll isn't haunted, it's... It haunts me. It it haunts me. It will be haunting me. I will be haunted by this doll. Exactly. Okay. Well, (sighs) do your thing. Take us to the next one. Thank you, Sam, and thank you, Jeffrey. In the document, you've you've marked this next one as kind of for Addison. Was it specifically given to bequeathed to you by the listener, or yes, this okay. was in the subject line. I love it. Listener story, kind of for Addison, was in the subject line. That will become it will become very apparent why when I read it. Um, this is from Tiffany. Thank you, Tiffany. So, when I was approximately seven or eight, I was laying on my stomach on the floor of my living room watching TV. I distinctly remember that I was watching Sylvia Brown as my grandma liked it and left it on. She was in the kitchen. An important thing to note about my grandma's home is that from the living room, you can see straight through to the kitchen. There's a dining room in between the two. So I'm just there, excuse me. So I'm there just enjoying this psychic woman talking about ghosts and angels and all sorts of things. 
Suddenly and gently, I feel a cat rub against me. My grandma had a cat at this time, but she hated my brother and I because we used to chase her around and be generally rude to her. <laughs> oh. Oh no. Her name was Sugar and she only loved my grandma. So I looked behind me because I was going to try and pet Sugar, but she wasn't there. Nothing was. And since I could see straight to the kitchen, I would have seen her if she had walked away, walked or even run away from me. At the time I shrugged it off, but it kept happening. To this day, it still does on occasion. I currently live in a house with five cats, and you get to know how much they move your bed when they jump up. But I still feel phantom jumps from time to time. I'm not sure which of my childhood cats it is, but I think it's Taz, a small jet black cat that I grew up with. It's been a while since I last felt the weight on my bed and the brush of ghostly fur whisper across my skin, but I like to think Taz is still watching out for me in all of her incorporeal fluffy black catness. Aww. That's very sweet. I love that. I love that Taz can still be a part of your life. That makes me really happy. That's really nice. And I'm glad that you gave that one kind of to Addison. Thank you for the kitty story. I like the kitty story. Cool that you got a cat and I got a creepy ghost doll. Ooh, I'm excited about the next one, though. I mean, listen. Oh, yeah. No, it's all very No, the next one is very good for me, though. So thank you for that. Okay, this comes to us from CJ. Thank you, CJ. You want to read the (laughs) subject line? I love the subject line. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's a bird the size of a plane. <laughs> That's great for me. This, this to me is my ghost cat. Very large bird is excellent. Hey, y'all. New fan here, but I've been binge listening and I'm nearly caught up. I love the show and I love you guys. You've been a great help in keeping me sane through this quarantine. I find that hard to believe. <laughs> I feel like we bring maybe a chaotic sort of energy. Been spiraling into madness and I'm I haven't been keeping haven't... me yeah. safe through this quarantine, so <laughs> I'm very exactly. impressed that I've helped you. But I'm, I'm very glad. impressed with th- I'm very impressed and very happy for you. <laughs> Thank you for the kind words. Mm-hmm. I've had a handful of weird experiences throughout my life and my family has had even more. My grandmother could curse people. Again, I'm gonna need a follow-up email <laughs> on that. <laughs> I'm inclined to just truncate it here. You know what I mean? Anyway, they say, but anyways, the sighting I have to report today is of a genuine cryptid. When I was nine years old, I saw a Thunderbird. I grew up in a pretty rural area of North Carolina. We lived about an hour from the coast, and I spent almost all my free time playing alone in the woods and fields around my house. I was a pretty responsible kid and had free reign to explore within a mile or so of my family's property, as long as I didn't cross the highway or get too close to the swamp. I was also very familiar with the wildlife of the area and could name anything I saw, as well as identify most things by their tracks. Normal rural kid stuff, I love it. Mm -hmm. This event happened one afternoon in the early spring of 2005. I remember it was still cool outside, which is a rarity in the South, and I was wearing my blue windbreaker that swished when I walked. I love that. That's so evocative to me. I remember the sound windbreakers make. Yeah, it's very specific. Mm-hmm. Like that. I, anyway. <laughs> I hated it because it made it hard to hear what was going on around me and easy for anything else to know exactly where I was. There weren't many dangerous animals around. Although bears, coyotes, and bobcats were an uncommon sight in my neighborhood, they wouldn't be out and about at that hour, but I would always rather see than be seen. I was in the woods between my house and the neighboring farm when it happened. I'd just gotten to a low-lying area with a bit of a natural clearing when I heard a sound like that of my swishing windbreaker but louder, and not in time with my steps. I froze. The sound was coming from above and behind me, and I turned to see a gigantic dark shape flying in my direction from the northwest. It was absolutely massive. 
The wingspan had to have been at least 17 to 20 feet, given its position just above the treetops. It was gliding, mostly, although I did see it flap its wings very hard once. It was very dark brown in color and had a long, sharp beak, feathered wings, and something trailing behind it like a tail or legs. I'm not entirely sure because at that point I literally dropped to the ground in the leaves and the muck and played dead. There was something about this thing, maybe just its size, that brought out some sort of primal fear in me. I won't lie and say I was a particularly courageous kid, but I'd come close to stepping on rattlesnakes before, and that fear had nothing on this. I was terrified and stayed on the ground for several minutes before getting up and going to hang out with a neighbor's horse to calm down. That's the perfect thing to do. (laughs) I love that. I love that leap of logic. I love that so much. No, it's very good. I tried for years to to figure out what that thing could have been. My leading skeptical theory is that I saw an egret or a blue heron or something and just happened to panic. They're quite large birds anyway. Herons could have wingspans of nearly seven feet, but I was familiar with those and I know this thing was much, much bigger. I've also tried telling myself it was the crop dusting plane, as it is the right size and would be flying that low, but that thing is bright yellow with a loud engine and is, well, a biplane. (laughs) (laughs) I've always had a fascination with cryptids and the supernatural, and I learned about the Thunderbird sometime in high school. As wild as it sounds, I'm convinced that's what I saw that day. Giant bird, giant bird. Giant bird, giant bird, giant bird. Yeah, I was going to say also, um... Biplanes are quite loud. <laughs> yeah, so, for sure. I wouldn't think I, I wouldn't go for plane either in that situation. That's a specific sound, the like, swish, like swish, and noise. a specific shape of the wings too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the silhouette would just be fundamentally different. Mm-hmm. I think the only time someone would maybe reasonably mistake an airplane for a bird is if they were a time traveler from the olden days before planes, and they were and they saw <laughs> a plane. Correct. And they that said, "What is that?" That metal bird! It descends from the sky like a great beast! (laughs) I don't know what's happening. Um, But yeah, very cool. Um, I'm glad that it did not, in fact, pick you up and carry you off to its nest. I'm glad that you were We're very thankful. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Chiefly because we would never have gotten to hear the story. I'm kidding. I'm also very glad that you are alive. Birds kind of freak me out. Even littler birds kind of freak me out. Like, I went to this... um, I went to this exhibit at the aquarium out in Long Beach where they Mm -hmm. had uh, a bunch of lorikeets in this like enclosed area that you could walk through and you can pay to, you know, get like a little cup of nectar and feed the lorikeets. I might've told this story on the podcast before. I don't remember, but um, the way that they come at you with their little knife feet when you have a (laughs) cup of food is so terrifying, even though they're little and like a lorikeet could not do that much damage to me. I could like... I don't think I'm incredibly strong, but I think I could pretty decently fend off like a, a small parrot. Like I could, I could punch a bird, but I don't want to, but I could. Uh, but like when a bunch of lorikeets start descending on you with their sharp little toes because you have a little cup of food mm-hmm. for them, it's very scary. <laughs> Here's the thing. You are correct to fear birds. I love them. I think birds are great. Freaky little dinosaurs. <laughs> I'm so scared of them. As we were leaving, I was trying to throw away my now empty little plastic cup that had mm-hmm. had the bird food in it. And and one of the birds took the cup from me. And I was so scared to try to take it back, even though I didn't want to litter. I just let him take it. Oh. <laughs> he just wanted the cup. So I just let him have it. I mean, again, that was probably your best bet. Yeah, I don't know what would have happened to me if I had it. 
I don't know. It, you may not have still been here. It's a miracle. I really, I wanted it to be like a cute, I had friends with me and I was like, oh, take some pictures of me while the birds are landing on me. It'll be cute. And uh, in pretty much every single picture, I look terrified for my life. <laughs> because again, birds have knives on their feet. They do. They do have terrible little knife feet. And again, dinosaur brains. That's the thing, right? The only reason birds don't do what they did in Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds is to think, honestly, that they haven't had enough of a motive to attack us in mass yet, and they also don't have the organizing skills. But once birds learn how to form committees, we're in so much trouble. (laughs) (laughs) My birds have formed a union. What do I do? Um, anyway, I'm very excited about the next story. I'm excited about all the stories, but I'm very excited Me too. It's a great subject line. Another wonderful subject line and also fairly timely. This was one I think that we had gotten sent before. And then I think they resent it to us after the episode. Yeah. I was going to say, I think this got sent to us before we actually did the episode featuring this cryptid, but, um, it's really neat that we, that we have it now. Exactly. Because it had, yeah, it had been like reset, which is totally fine to do. Um, this is not, that's not a bad thing. I was just glad that it popped up after I had more context and knew what this thing was. So here oh, we yeah. Go. If you sent us a listener story like more than a year ago and we haven't done it, um, please feel free to like send it back to us and we'll gladly yeah. hit it up. We probably just got lost somewhere. Exactly. Um, so here we go. This is the subject line that we were given. This is listener story. My big gay turtle son, the beast of Busco. <laughs> Powerful energy. This comes to us from Merrick. I didn't believe in cryptids as a kid. My parents were very factual people, so I only saw them when they appeared on Scooby-Doo and were debunked to reveal some kind of capitalist, the real monsters. (laughs) But thanks to more interest in the supernatural as an adult, and especially Tad's amnesty, I started to get interested in learning about cryptids. Recently, I came across a listicle on Facebook, link at the end of the story, of the most famous cryptid of each state. When I got to Indiana, I was taken aback because before I even read the blurb, I saw the illustration and remembered that I had seen him as a child, even though I didn't know who or what he was at the time. The Beast of Busco. I was about seven or eight years old, and when at my mom's, some friends and I used to bike a lot around the neighborhood. It was pretty suburby, and all the lakes were man-made, but there was only one of them that had fish in it. I suppose it must have been connected to local waterways somehow in a way that others weren't. But one day, my friend Lauren and I were biking past that lake and were just about to do this to, to, oh, to take the slope down into a lower area when we heard a huge splash. We were startled and turned to look and saw a huge turtle who had surfaced and was lowering back into the water. He was at least as big as one of those Power Wheels pink Barbie Jeeps that Lauren's little sister had, but maybe even bigger. Really powerful connection there. I just have to stop and say that is like vivid imagery. No, it's Um, such a good unit of measurement. I I remember those. I always wanted one, but I didn't have one. My sister and I had one. It was my sister's and she would have made that very clear to you. But I occasionally had the, the distinct honor of riding along in the passenger seat. Oh, very good. It was hard to tell with him being partially submerged and while frightened and biking away. Next at my dad's, I pulled out his field guide of reptiles and amphibians of North America. A favorite, as I was an avid frog catcher those days. I love frog catching. This is me taking a quick aside. I used to try to catch frogs a lot as a kid, too. Frog catching solidarity. High five. Caught a lot of frogs and toads and wanted to keep them as my pets. And then my parents were like, no, put them back in the wild. That's where they belong. Anyway, I found that the largest turtles in North America were alligator snapping turtles, but that they didn't get as far north as Fort Wayne, Indiana, weren't quite big enough to be what I saw. 
I was left disappointed. Full Lake, the lake where he was seen in both 1898 and the late 1940s, is only about 20 miles away from the lake near my mom's house. He hasn't been seen there since the 1950s, and a prevailing theory is that he escaped amongst local waterways. Maybe he moved to Fort Wayne to get away from all the attention. <laughs> it's possible. As far as I can tell, Lauren and I are the only people to have seen him since the 50s. In reading about him since remembering, I also discovered that one failed attempt to lure him out of hiding in 1949 was with an attractive lady turtle, as that failed miserably, and me being a, I'm just gonna have Val bleep it, me being a s*** for queer representation, I have decided that he might just be gay. I agree. <laughs> By the way, a gay cryptid icon. I love my big gay turtle son, who I think I have the right to emotionally adopt as the only sighting in the past 60 years. Okay, now oh, Merrick, can- just real quick, I do want to say... I don't know that anyone ever specified it was an attractive lady turtle. That sounds like a little bit of a value judgment. Alex, I assume that if they're going to try to use a lady turtle as bait, they would make sure she's very attractive. What I'm saying is, one, by whose metric? (laughs) And two, I think that reveals a little bit more about you than it does about the turtle. Alex... So, all I can be sure about is that we saw him, and that I plan to check out that lake again when I next visit my mom. And Lauren, if you're listening and still believe in cryptids after all these years, hit me up. That would be the funnest misconnection ever. Honestly, that would be amazing. Please do, Lauren. If you two reconnect and rekindle your friendship after all these years because of the listener stories episode of our podcast, I would get very excited. That would be everything to me. I would get so very excited. Yeah. Anyway, that was amazing. Uh, I'm I'm only sad that we didn't. I, I totally didn't see this before before we did the Beast of Busco episode. I'm not sure when it came in, but I'm so glad we got it. Anything that um, gets filtered into the listener stories folder, we typically tuck away and don't read until we do the listener story episode, just because stuff like this, you know, we like to enjoy each other's reactions to it. In that's the moment. true. So um, that's unfortunate. It does mean if you ever need to send us a listener story and something else that's timely, um, either indicate that in the subject line or send two separate emails. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I'm so got. I'm so glad you saw you saw the Beast of Busco, and also I'm so happy that he made it out of his original lake in one piece and and safely to frighten children in Fort Wayne, Indiana. It's very good to know. That is a really happy epilogue to our episode. I think it's probably the only time we've gotten definitive resolution. That's also literally when they resent us their story. They sent Mm -hmm. it with like an addend, like a follow up email that said just wanted to make sure you guys like essentially I'm paraphrasing, but it was like just wanted to make sure you guys knew that Oscar is alive and well and made it out of made it out of like made it out by local waterways to a new lake. The story has a happy ending. Mm -hmm. You love to see it. Yeah. All right, my turn. Mm-hmm. I would love it if you would read the subject line of this one as well. <laughs> Haunted Kmart? Yes, thank you. I mean, yes, they all are. But <laughs> just the specter, of cap- them. the specter of capitalism looms large over us all. But I am very curious to hear about your particular experience. Hello, my name is Katie, pronounced like Katie. Y'all can't see that. It's not it's really different uh, when you read it. Yes, it's <laughs> not really it an auditory joke. I started listening to the podcast late last year and just recently got caught up to the latest episode. I just wanted to start off by saying I love the show and you have made many long days at work much more tolerable. So thank you. Thank you. That's really sweet. Thank you so much, Katie. We really appreciate that. As I've listened to some of the listener stories, I've been thinking about sharing some experiences I had at my old job. 
Around the holidays in 2018, a co-worker and close friend of mine, let's call her Jay, and I were working third shift at a Kmart to get stock out and make sure the sales ad was set and all that good stuff. Now, the store closed at 10 p.m., so we were the only two people in the entire building, and I've done overnights before, so it wasn't anything new or weird to me, but this week was a little... different than any other time. To preface this, all of us always kind of joked around that the place was haunted. We'd hear noises in the back rooms or at night walking the store to make sure no customers were still in the building. Sometimes the display TVs would turn themselves back on after we had turned them off. Motion-activated toys would go off with no one near them. Stuff like that. But a couple nights into the week, Jay and I were standing near the desk in the receiving area talking about what we were going to be working on. I was looking at her as she was speaking when suddenly I heard a man's voice come from the area around the desk a few feet away. I automatically glanced over in that direction, but immediately decided I wasn't going to say anything because I thought I was just hearing things and she'd think I was losing it, but she stopped talking and when I looked back at her, she asked, Did you hear that? Despite knowing I probably looked very surprised at her, confirming that I wasn't in fact losing my mind, I calmly said, Yeah. What did you hear? And she said, It sounded like someone said something. That's why I stopped talking. I thought it was rude to interrupt me. I laughed. (laughs) She's kind of goofy like that most of the time. But anyway, I said, yeah, it sounded like a man's voice, didn't it? Like from over by the desk? She nodded, and we agreed that we didn't know exactly what it said, seeing as she was talking and the music was playing over the speakers, but we did recognize that it was at least a short sentence of sorts. Try saying that five times fast. Short sentence of sorts. I considered for a brief moment that perhaps it was part of the song playing, but it was a woman singing and working there long enough you kind of recognize every part of every song that plays since you hear them every day. Yeah. Confirmed. Don't get me started on the playlist at Books A Million. It was the worst. Oh, they used to play the same music um, in the, the gift shop of the museum I worked at when I was at front desk when the gift shop was opening and then when it was closing at the end of the day, they'd always play the same playlist of like pop songs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway. (laughs) Just the worst. We talked about it for a few more minutes, and she had reminded me of the time around Thanksgiving when we did overnights before. It was me, her, and two others that time. I was up toward the front half of the store near the towels when my phone started ringing. It was Jay, so I answered it wondering what she needed. She asked me where I was, and I told her, and she asked, so you weren't just by the shoes? I said no, and she said, I swear I just heard someone sneeze back here, so I said, bless you, and I didn't get a response, so I was wondering who it was. She asked where the other two were, and I told her I was pretty sure they were still on the complete other side of the store, so she walked up to where I was as she called one of them to confirm their location. And they were still over there. And hadn't sneezed. Ah, ghosts So after thinking about that and talking for a few more minutes, I was pretty ready to grab what we were to put out and get out of there. So that's what we did. We didn't have any other experiences for a few hours, although that was in the back of my mind the rest of the night. I didn't really want to be alone after that. I don't know if that was just me being a baby or if there was a reason I felt so uncomfortable. Later that night, we were back in the men's clothing department, right near the doors to the receiving area. I needed to go back to find some of the hooks that we used to hang products up on, so I reluctantly headed back alone to find what I needed. I walked through the doors and took a left to the very back area where we kept all of that stuff. And it was a mess back there, so of course I couldn't just find what I needed and go, I needed to dig through everything. Let me tell you, the, like, anxiety building in me as this oh, continues I'm to so go I'm so sorry, on. Alex. I didn't mean no, to. No, it's fine. It's just, like, I hate box corporation stores. I know this. 
I find them deeply unsettling. They are. They really Even are. Even without a ghost. Like, it's creepy to go back into a big abandoned storeroom like that. You don't know what's back there? Anyway, I was back there digging around when I heard someone open and walk in the receiving doors I walked through a few minutes prior, and assuming it was Jay coming back to see where I was or if I needed help, I paused and waited for her to call out for me. She never said anything, so I peeked around the corner to see down the long main area of the room and didn't see anyone. I was a little confused, but I went back to looking for what I needed when I started hearing things rustling around behind me. I looked behind me to see if I could see anything, but I didn't. After that, I tried to ignore it, but it kept happening. It wasn't super loud, and it didn't sound like it was getting any closer or anything, but the more I heard it, the more I got that feeling you get, like when you're walking back upstairs from the basement and you just need to get the heck out of there. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> so I took off, walking quickly back towards the door, and was nearly running by the time I reached them and barged back through. I went over to where I left Jay and asked, Did you go back there? She shook her head and said she hadn't moved, clearly still sitting on the floor exactly where I left her. I told her what happened, and she went back with me so I could actually get what I needed, and it was quiet that time. For some reason, that shook me up more than hearing an actual disembodied voice earlier did. We didn't have any more experiences that night, or the next, but the last night we were there, we had noticed the music over the speakers seemed to be getting louder and quieter by itself. Joking around, Jay said, if you don't like Katie, turn the music up. And a moment later, the music got louder. No! She looked at me with wide eyes and laughed. Then I told her to stop before I went up to the service desk to turn it down a little bit. Because when it did get louder, it got a little too loud. Also, I just wanted to see if there was any reason it would be doing that, but I didn't see why it would be. Throughout the night after that, we kept hearing sounds from the back corner of the store to the point where we finally went back there to see if someone or something was back there. We walked around the whole area and didn't see anything, but the sound stopped after that. And reader, there is more. Yep. There's like so much happening here. Yeah, there's more. And we're almost through, but there's a lot. And I didn't want to cut any of it because there's so much. But like, no, it's totally. So good. It's, it's definitely like the slow accumulation of all of these things happening that builds the case. I love it. Mm -hmm. It's like an Ace Attorney game. <laughs> I've never actually played an Ace Attorney game, but I imagine that's what it's like. <laughs> Ghost in a Kmart. A little bit later, we were up by the jewelry counter right by the entrance when the alarm suddenly started going off. I quickly walked over to the service desk to see what the alarm pad said had activated while Jay talked to the alarm company on the phone. It said something about the jewelry motion sensor, but that didn't make sense to me because when someone is in the building overnight, they obviously don't turn on the motion sensors, they just secure the perimeter. Plus, we had been walking around that area many times before that, and we were in that area for about an hour beforehand anyway. There was no reason that should have been what triggered the alarm. The police came and walked the store and drove around the building and didn't find anything. One of the supervisors showed up and talked to the alarm company, and they had told her it was a different area than the alarm was triggered, but she didn't recognize which area of the store that was, which I also thought was weird. We were both definitely shaken up after that, because ghost or not, something made the alarm go off, and we didn't really want to think about that, what that meant. I didn't have any experiences after that week, just the normal sounds and stuff like that that I mentioned before, but I also never volunteered to do overnight shifts again. <laughs> I've definitely had some unexplained experiences outside of work prior to this, but... Despite it not seeming like much, it definitely made me feel more uncomfortable than anything has before. I hope you guys enjoyed. Since then, the story's gone out of business. I'm a little curious to know what's going on in there now that it's an empty, abandoned building. I emoji. <laughs> haunted Kmart, haunted Kmart. Haunted Kmart, haunted Kmart. You got ghosts in there. 50% off of hauntings and ghosts and ghouls. Oh, it's chock full of ghosts. I have, we have a couple more and I'm excited. I think we're going to get through all of the ones that I picked. Okay. Let's see what we can do. Yes. So this is a haunted painting and an alien. <laughs> this is from Pal. 
Recently, I was listening to another paranormal-themed podcast, and they mentioned... Well, first of all, rude. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Cheating? No, I'm kidding. I didn't mean it. I didn't know there were more paranormal-themed podcasts. I thought we were the only one. I'm sorry. Other people do podcasts? (laughs) Um, And they mentioned a certain haunted painting that I instantly realized had been hanging in my mom's house since I was a child, with none of us knowing the backstory. I believe my mom's is a reprint, but I honestly don't know. (sighs) Okay. I... Um, so by the way, yeah. So the artist painted the same bartender over and over again from different angles. Uh, I'm going to pause really quick and say they included an image of this painting. And I actually was one that I covered on, I think the sec, uh, on, I think the, on, not, we didn't do two on the haunted paintings episode I did. Did we do two episodes on haunted paintings? I'm losing my mind. On an episode about haunted paintings that we did, this painting did come up. So I was actually very excited to see the picture of it. Um, anyway. So as soon as they described it, I knew. I called my mom as soon as possible and let her know. But the thing is, while the painting might be kind of creepy to others, my family and I have always loved it, even lovingly referring to it as Jack, as it says on the bartender's name tag. Anyway, the weird stuff started happening after I discovered that the picture was haunted. I had screenshotted a picture of the original painting and it was saved in my gallery. But now, and maybe I'm just being weird, I can't delete him. I'm sure I physically could, but there's something in my heart that makes me, or in my head, that makes me want to keep him there. He's always been like the guardian of my living room, so it makes sense to me that he guard my phone gallery, lol. Weirdly enough, I've been having much more vivid dreams lately, which has never happened to me. Then, this morning, I opened the door to my room, and as the door swung open, it hit a shoe that somehow got in front of it while the room was empty. Very weird, and I'm assuming it has something to do with the friendly ghost I invited to live on my phone. Below is the screenshot that I saved. The painting itself is called The Spirit of the Bartender. It is a creepy little, it is a creepy painting. Awesome. Love that. Oh, it do be kind of creepy though. Yeah, you like his little ventriloquist dummy face? No. No? <laughs> no. So I'm going to just, alien time. During high school, this is the second part of this email. As part of my astronomy class, I'd often be stargazing for my homework, mapping constellations, sketching the moon, etc. One night while staring up, I saw something I couldn't explain. If you've never seen a satellite, they look like tiny moving stars that go in a straight line across the sky, possibly blinking every now and then. I've always thought they were cool to watch, so I stared at this thing moving in the sky for a moment. Then, as it got almost directly overhead, it became clear that it was not a satellite. I watched it stop, float around for a sec, as if it was an animal looking for something. By the time I realized I was not looking at a satellite, this thing spun in a semicircle and flew up and away at what looked like light speed. I was so happy to have finally seen a UFO with my own eyes. You can listen to all the conspiracy and paranormal talk shows you want, but at the end of the day, nothing beats knowing for yourself without a shadow of a doubt that there's more than just us out there. Sadly, I got no photos because this thing was literally a tiny dot, but I encourage y'all to just look up. Mm, I love that. Yeah. I always love when there's like a really neat turn of phrase in one of these. I know. It's nice. Um, So that's that one. And I I was just mainly excited because, again, I'm not sure. I should have checked the date on the email if we got that haunted painting email before or after I mentioned that painting on the episode. But either way, it's very fun, particularly because when they said the title of the painting, I recognized it. And I was like, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Hello. I know that painting. Very cool. Two more here. All right, all right, all right. Let's go. We got this. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) All right, this next one does not have a title subject line. No, the subject line was just listener story. (laughs) Well, all right, fine. Have a little bit of imagination. Um, Alex. (laughs) I'm kidding. Uh, This is from Adam, who I think actually is Adam Bovey. Is that right? Yes. 
Okay, great. Well, everybody, listeners at home who are not Adam, if you don't know Adam, <laughs> um, Adam is one of the voice actors for our Horror Borealis side stories audio drama that we did. So um, canonically part of the podcast empire that we run. Very exciting. Always nice to have a friend on board. Yes. Adam says... I am a long-time listener of the show, so I figure I should finally share a listener story. It's not much, but it's the closest I have to a paranormal experience. Some important context. Despite my love for all things spooky and supernatural, my life experiences have been pretty mundane by that metric. I was born on call, which the midwife said meant I'd have psychic abilities, (laughs) but as far as I can tell, those have yet to manifest. However, I have a neurological condition that affects my short-term memory formation, and some formative experiences with that particular symptom have, long story short, made it difficult for me to trust a lot of my long-term memories, slash my general perception of reality. Buddy, same. Because of this, when I say that I'm absolutely certain a memory is real, I don't do so lightly. I'm absolutely certain this memory is real. That's good storytelling, kids. It is! (laughs) If you've never spent a summer in Maine, you should know how stiflingly hot and buggy it can get. As a teenager, I took to remedying this by sleeping with my window open. The head of my bed was right by the window, and the screen covering the window let in a breeze while keeping out insects. It was on one of those nights that I had what I believe, what I hope, to be a dream. I don't usually remember the contents of my dreams for very long after waking, but particularly vivid or troublesome ones might stay with me for a while. This one is unique in that it has never faded in clarity. I saw myself asleep in bed, lying on my side and facing away from the window. It wasn't as though I was standing in the room with myself, but rather having a true out-of-body experience. The scene was laid out for me to see, but I had the distinct sense that I was still in my body, and couldn't change focus or look around. More like watching a video than being in a dream. I could only look at what I was being shown, and could not look away. What I saw follows. A long arm slipped in through my open window, bypassing a screen that was no longer there. I remember most how normal it looked. It wasn't unusually pale or inhuman or any of the other usual visual shorthands that would have been used in a horror movie when they wanted to give viewers the same feeling I had right then, as the normal hand reached over and began stroking my hair and the side of my face. There was gentleness in this act, but not tenderness. It was careful but it was not caring. After about half a minute, I watched myself begin to stir and the scene started to fade. Just before it did, I watched the arm pull back away from me and out the window. I woke up as the dream ended and immediately I turned to look at the window. The screen was wide open, though not removed as it had been in the dream. Perhaps the arm had time to quickly put it back? There was nothing else amiss and certainly no impossible arm waving goodbye. I closed the window and resigned myself to the heat for the rest of the night. There are, technically, rational explanations for this, but they've always fallen short for me. A bad dream is one thing, but I have no history of sleepwalking, so I doubt I opened the screen in my sleep, and I certainly didn't leave it open before going to bed. Perhaps the arm was a passerby, ill-intentioned or extremely mischievous, and the dream was a manifestation of my subconscious realizing that something was wrong. I doubt this, too, for a few reasons. One, Our house is in a fairly rural area and never gets much foot traffic, especially not in the middle of the night. The odds of someone coming to our house just to do this seem slim. Two, the odds of them being able to stand in our garden and reach their arm all the way up through my second story bedroom window seem even slimmer. (laughs) 
that's good storytelling. Oh, yeah. <sighs> hope I didn't go too long with this. Thanks for all the hours of enjoyment. And I hope this story can help add to that enjoyment for someone else. Stay safe out there. Thank you so much, Adam, for your contributions. That was certainly fun for me. Yes. Um, got one more left here. This one is from Goosey. All right. And Take us home. I will dive in. All right. Yeah, here we go. Despite believing that ghosts or the supernatural exist in some form or another, I've not had many experiences that I could call paranormal. Sometimes I get bad vibes from rooms, especially at night, but that's probably just my anxiety. However, I have one story that I have a hard time explaining rationally. It happened during summer several years ago. I was either in elementary or early middle school, and I'm currently a junior. My family and a group of other families we know used to do this annual trip where we'd stay at a cabin up in the Redwood Forests here in California. One, oh, Sorry, quick sidebar. I'm very jealous. I haven't seen the Redwoods yet, um, mm. but I want to very much. Anyway. The families would usually show up gradually over a couple days, so on the first day it was just my family and one other. Because of this, we were staying in a different cabin that night than we were the other nights. In the attic where my family was sleeping, there were four beds lined up in a row, one for each of us. I woke up in the dead of night. Although the room was nearly pitch black, I could faintly see movement in the darkness. It was near my mom's bed on the far left side of the room, so I naturally assumed my mom was up. I got out of bed and walked through the dark towards the movement, reaching out my hands and softly calling to her. When I reached the spot where I thought I had seen something, there was nothing. Then I heard my mom ask me what I was doing from her bed, where I had just woken her up. I brushed it off and went to bed, where I quickly fell back asleep. And if it had ended there, I probably would have forgotten about it within a week. Early in the morning, sometime around 5 or 6 a.m., I woke up again. It was still dim, but there was enough light that I could now see the room pretty clearly. Suddenly, clear as day, I see a black figure in a cloak come out of the wall across the room from me and slowly walk towards the foot of my bed, disappearing just before it reached me. Understandably, I was freaked out and couldn't mm -hmm. get back to sleep. Understandably, <laughs> indeed, I should think. So I sat silently in terror for a couple hours until my family started waking up. Luckily for me, I didn't have to sleep in that room any of the other nights. To this day, I can't really think of a non-paranormal explanation that makes sense. The obvious explanation is that it was sleep paralysis, but I've never had sleep paralysis at any other point before or since then, and I don't remember having a feeling of being unable to move. Not to mention that that also doesn't explain me seeing something earlier that night and being able to get up to investigate. Since then, this has been my go-to ghost story, since it's the only time I've ever actually seen something. I hope you enjoyed and agree that there was something spoopy going on there. Indeed, there was. It sure do seem that way, huh? <laughs> Indeed, something spoopy for sure. I want to thank everybody who sent these in. Uh, I actually always really enjoy doing these. I know they're sometimes food for sure. They're, they're in every so often, but they're really fun. And um, it's nice to just be able to read everybody's letters and, and get kind of the variety of stories and see how differently people tell their stories. And a lot of the time, like people who write the, write these in are really good at telling at storytelling and it's really fun. Yeah, it also feels like some of y'all are using this as like a workshopping service and honestly go I off. I love it. I love to see it. Workshop your storytelling in our inbox. I'm not kidding. Life hack, get a free audiobook of your story by sending it to the Critical Keeper podcast <laughs> and having one of us read it. <sighs> exactly. 
But yeah, these are really fun and uh, I had a good time compiling them. And, and like Alex said at the top, we are always taking them on a rolling basis. If you have something you want to share, you can send it to the inbox at cryptkeeppod at gmail.com. Just, uh, you know, in the subject line, um, make your subject line as fun and funky as you would like, but also it helps if you say something about it being a listener story in said subject line <laughs> for sorting as well. That is useful. So that we can, you know, know to stick it in that little folder we keep. That kind of brings us to the close. I hope that was fun for me. I hope it was fun for all of you. And I hope it was fun for you, Alex. I don't know why I said that. No, it was fun for me. It was a a nice little panacea after a long work day. Yes, absolutely. That's the thing. These are very fun and allow kind of a brain break. Not that this isn't also my work day, but it was nice in that it involved significantly less work for me than a regular Alex episode would. But it will be my turn next week, and I will get back to you with something more interesting. (laughs) You're great. A more interesting contribution from me, aside from just me dunking on (laughs) our beloved listener. No. If you too would like to be dunked upon, then you can send your listener (laughs) stories into us. So thank you. Although who knows, I might be in a, like a very good mood next time and no dunking will occur. If that's what you're interested in, you're going to have to let me know. You're going to have to specify that you would wish that you wish to be dunked upon. <laughs> Hello, I am writing this so that I may receive a dunk. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think that brings us home for the day. So thank you, everybody. Quick reminder, I always forget to plug our socials. So I'm going to do that now. You can find us on Twitter at Crypt keep pod c-r-y-p-t-k-e-e-p-p-o-d on facebook under the cryptid keeper uh on patreon as the cryptid keeper and on in our oh my god i cannot talk too bad i have to talk for a living and in our facebook group the cryptid keeper appreciation group thank you all so much as always we hope we can keep you around and stay safe out there